Hello and welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me is Kit Lushev. Hello boys. And creeping in the background but not for too long, Nick Bassett. Hey Nick. Uh, very special guest joining us today. Our, uh, our next interview episode is with Callan Jones, creative and design lead at Queensland Rugby League. G'day Cal, how are you going? Good gents, how are you? Not bad, thank you for coming. We've had a bit of banter uh, off air, um, got to know each other a little bit. Cal's got a, a gripe, uh, <laughs> you know, as soon as he comes in. Already? Yep, he's... Uh, <coughs> Walks Sorry, in, I'm clearing my throat already. That's bad. Walks in fully prepared with a jersey on and wonders why no one else in the studio has one, including Nick, who I've never seen anything but a jersey. So, <laughs> Yeah, very disappointing, guys. What's the go? Uh, well, I retired very early on. I think it was ep, ep 2 or ep 3. I decided I'm not, I can't keep up with this. Otherwise, um, <laughs> my bank account would be going down very quickly. Um, I could easily go for a couple of weeks. So, Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll have to have you back on then. <laughs> See how many you can last. Um, and I think what you called it, I don't know, half halfway through where we're up to now, EP10, EP12, I think somewhere around there you decided it's not for you. Yeah, the biggest thing is I started getting too fat to fit any of them. So <laughs> that's the biggest issue. I've got jerseys That'll for days. Yeah. I just need to lather myself in butter to squeeze into half of them. Yeah, I need to decide which ones I wear. Like there's the old ones that I got way back in the day that no longer fit. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell us about it's the one you're wearing? That's a ripper. Yeah, so the one I'm wearing is actually a jersey that I designed. It was my second jersey I designed uh, for the no, uh, 2019 Captain's Run. Um, so for the Queensland Maroons, obviously. Um, and it's actually based on a design from 1919 uh, that I kind of went through the archives and pulled out. Um, and it's, you know, we has some pretty big significance. We found out that the... Uh, captain who wore this jersey, so the team at the time was called the Queensland Firsts, and the captain that wore this jersey and won that year for Queensland, name was Duncan Thompson, and he was a war vet, came back from World War One. he got shot in the lung, uh, he was told he would never play sport again, and in 1919 he came back and played for Queensland, so... Wow, yeah. wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was pretty special. Uh, at the captain's run, we had Duncan's family come down, and they got a signed jersey from a DCE and all that kind of stuff and yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, awesome. And that's it's got incredible. The retro collar on it, which yeah. we love yeah. around here. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Pulled out of the history books. Yeah. So you have access to all those archives. Yeah, in your yeah. Offices. Yeah. Yep. We um yeah, they're all saved on the server. Basically we someone's gone through prior to my time there and kind of got all these fo- old photos and just saved them. So I went through these photos and um, I used my, my very first captain's run jersey. I used from like a photo from 1963, I think it was, to model it off. And then, oh. yeah, and I found this one and just stumbled upon it. It just happened to be in 2019 that I stumbled on it. And uh, and it was a jersey from 1919, so I just ended up working out really well. So Goldmine for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly right. Ping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So that original jersey had the two-tone maroon? Yeah, yeah, it did. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's very difficult to tell in the photo because it is black and white. Yeah. Um, but we reached out. We've got a history committee at the QRL. So we reached out to our history committee and kind of asked them, you know, what those two tones would be, whether they were maroon, whether they were another colour. But, yeah, through Voyage of Discovery, we found out that it was maroon. And, um, yeah, it's 
like I said, difficult to see on the black and white photo, but you can kind of just see on one edge that yep. there's a two tone shift between the between the colours. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, love it. That is great. That yeah. that's that's so great. Um, we'll probably circle back around okay. to a lot more of that yeah. later. <laughs> but got a lot of questions. Yeah, let's um let's let's stick off first of all. So we know who you are, but who actually are you? Um, yeah. How how deep do you want to dive here? Like. Yeah, so what's your beginnings? You know, growing up, were you a sports fan? Were you a design fan? Did you have aspirations to be in the industry you are now? Yeah, it's interesting. Like when I was, so when I was a kid, I um, I actually listened to your episode and when you said about, you know, you used to sit there and draw cartoons and that kind of stuff, I did exactly the same thing. So I used to just sit at my desk for hours and hours on end um, in my room, just kind of listening to music and drawing cartoons from, you know, Bugs Bunny to, you know, Dragon Ball Z characters, all that kind of thing. So um, I used to kind of create my own characters as well and that was something that I wanted to kind of take forward and kind of be an animator or a cartoonist or something like that. That was kind of where my mindset was when I was, you know, a younger kid. Um, but obviously that didn't eventuate. Um it, I kind of drew the inspiration from, like, I saw, uh, obviously, Toy Story in 95, uh, which was, like, a great movie and still one of my favourite movies because, you know, as a kid coming and, like, growing up at that time, you've seen all this 2D animation and then you see a 3D animated movie for the first time and it's just the most incredible thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So that's where my mindset was at. I'm like, I want to be one of these guys that kind of creates these movies. Um so I was all very, always very an artistic kid. Um, was, um, did did you draw that uh, that art nature from your parents or a little bit? Yeah. So my mum is very creative. Yep. Um, my dad not so much. He's an IT guy. Um, so he's always been very kind of uh, process driven and all that kind of thing. Whereas yeah, my mum is uh, loves her sewing, loves her knitting. Um, you know, used to like drawing and those kind of things as well. So. Um, yeah, I kind of drew on that a little bit when I was growing up and, you know, I used to do things like crafts and all those kind of mm-hmm, things as yep. well just to just with mum and, you know, all that kind of creativity and, you know, using your hands and, and that kind of stuff all, all helps. Like it's it's all, all a learning experience and kind of, you know, gets you in that kind of creative headspace nice and early. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, through like... Uh, when I was in primary school, all I wanted to be was an artist. So it was like in my mindset from very early on into high school, I was doing um, IT subjects and kind of doing art subjects as well. Yep. Um, so the opportunity in those towards the end of it, because obviously I, I was going through high school in the early 2000s, um, you know, it was early versions of Photoshop and those kind mm-hmm. of things. So you're looking at Photoshop load screens on the old uh, coloured back iMacs and those kind of things. And the um, I remember the Photoshop load screen being very much black and white and, you know, very early versions of Photoshop. Yep. So I kind of jumped into doing stuff on Photoshop then and, you know, we did a yearbook at one point Uh you know, everyone got to design a cover and that kind of thing. I don't actually think my cover won the the, the cover that they actually ended up using. Likely story. Yeah. <laughs> Common story too, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was definitely something that I kind of had a passion with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I kind of identified through high school that I definitely wanted to make a career out of something that combined art and computers. Um, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that graphic design was a thing. Um, I didn't know that, you know, I, I knew that there was desktop publishing and all that kind of stuff, but graphic design as an actual career, I didn't think was there was anything to go there. Um, so, yeah, I get into high sc- uh, my later years in high school and I start to actually look into it. And the animation thing was still in the back of my mind. I'm like, you know, maybe I could become an animator. Um, that kind of took a dive once I realised you needed to know maths pretty well. <laughs> Um, and needed to program and all those kind of things. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's not for me. Yeah. So, you know, looking at these movies and stuff like that, I was like, well, you know, on all the cars and all the like, all the posters in the room, someone has to be designing all of these little elements that go into these things. And that's when I found graphic design. I'm like, well, you know, surely I can make a career out of that and kind of went from there. So... Um, yeah, then I jumped into uni, went to uni up at JCU in Townsville. Mm-hmm. Before you get into your later education, sure. were you a, a sports nut as a kid? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I used to play hockey, mm-hmm. uh, played field hockey for most of my junior and senior schooling. Uh, even after school, I continued to play. Um, just social? Or just club, social. Club and rep? Yeah. Um, yeah, I played school and school and club. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, played rugby union. Funnily enough, mm-hmm. um, so I played rugby union years eleven and twelve. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely had that mix. It was weird that you know, uh, growing up as a as a kid that was so creative that you are do have this interest in sports as well. Yeah, like so, you know, we would go to up to Cowboys games. Like growing up as a kid in Mackay, I don't know if I, I mentioned that. <laughs> uh, growing up as a kid in in Mackay in North Queensland, you kind of. Uh, don't have access to a lot of professional rugby league. Um, and I, I was an avid rugby league fan. I was from the time I was very small. Um, it's a bit of a dead spot, isn't it? Yeah. Right there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so whenever we got the opportunity, you know, we'd jump in the car, go drive the four hours north to go to Townsville, watch the cows play. Um, you know, I remember vividly one time, Dad throwing us in the car. We're going to go see the Cowboys. We couldn't get accommodation in towns also. We got a, it was for Cowboys Bronx games, which were always mm. huge up there. Yeah. Um, so we're like, uh, we'll jump in the car. Couldn't get accommodation in towns also. We'll uh, stay in air. So we went up, drove straight to the game, went to the game, drove back after the game to uh. air, stayed in air, and then drove home the rest of the way. Mm. So it was. Yeah, it was very different to Brisbane, where you just hop on the bus for exactly twenty minutes. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it it's becomes almost a full event. Almost like a privilege down here to be able to go to the footy. Um, but yeah, like we used to go up for. I am a, even though we went to Cowboys games, I am a Dragons fan at heart. Um, do have a soft spot for the Cowboys, but is there a boo, bu- a boo button on our, uh, <laughs> on our machine? <laughs> Only laughter. Yeah, so. <laughs> we'll give that a word. <laughs> Crickets. There we go. Um, so at this stage, you um you hadn't quite fused together that sport and artistic side, or thought that there was a career path. Not at all. I I didn't even think to, that there was a crossover between the two. Um, to 
have a creative job in sports just didn't occur to me mm. at all. Um, it's not heavily publicised. No. It, it probably is now with the transition into social media and online sure, and everything sure. like that. Yeah. But at that point in time, if it was art, it was high-end art. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, combining the two. Yeah, and I think now, like, all that social media stuff that is out there, like, there's a lot more access to it as well. Like, we didn't have that. We didn't see what other people were doing around the world and those kind of things. You kind of were very kept in the dark about all that stuff. And, you know, this is growing up in a time where, you know, we use dial-up internet and that kind of thing as well. So <laughs> That classic noise. So, yeah, any kind of access to imagery or anything like that was very minimal. Um, I remember, like... I say Googling things, but it wasn't Googling at the time, jumping on Alta Vista and, you know, yeah. using those kind of search <laughs> engines and that kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. So, it like, it was very early days of the internet in, in a way and, like, I didn't know that there was the crossover between the two. It just didn't exist well, as far as I knew. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't until later in life that I, I realised that you can actually make a career out of this and... It was, well, very later in life, really. Yeah. So you went to JCU? Went to JCU, yep. Um, did three years of study up there. Uh, it was a bit of a weird one, my my degree, because it was a crossover between, it was, it was kind of like a filler year between two courses. Mm. So I ended up stuck in a Bachelor of Creative Arts with a major in visual communication. Okay. Um, so we kind of did a lot of graphic design heavy stuff but there was also the creative arts side of things so you know live new drawings and um you know sketching and doing your different weights on your pencils and all that kind of stuff so high-end stuff yeah exactly right um which was good because it got you to kind of learn about different processes and the way that light hits subjects and all those kind of things which you know i I now use day to day essentially in, in some of the stuff that we create so um yeah, so it was an interesting course, but it got me the kind of piece of paper that I needed to kind of go out there and start looking for work. Um, so off the back of that, I kind of I was looking for a job and kind of wanted to get something as quickly as possible as you do after uni, but it's always hard to get your foot in the door when you don't have any experience or anything mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I um, jumped on... To oh, I think it, I moved back down to Mackay and was living with mum and dad. I jumped on the internet and just uh, started searching for design places. I wanted to be back up in Townsville because I'd just come from there. I had a lot of friends up there and I applied for probably 12 jobs up in Townsville. I applied for, um, yeah, pr- probably about the same amount in Mackay as well, just looking for creative agencies, um, signage, sign writers, um, anything like that. Um, so still being a little bit selective that you wanted, you, oh, definitely you wanted wanted to put in, in that the door. kind of graphic design yep. space, yeah, some, something around there. Uh, print shops, all those kind of things I was applying for, so I just sent my resume out to everyone. In the background, I was kind of, I wasn't going to wait for work to kind of come to me, so I decided to start my own freelance thing, as you do. Um, so at the end of uni, I actually got a client um, my, who was my very first client, which was the Mackay Cutters, which are the wow. the local team in Mackay, the local rugby league team. Um, so at the end of uni, we basically had an assignment to say, um, you can choose a real-world client and we want you to do a real-world project for them. So I basically jumped online, 
thought the Cutters had a terrible website. And I'm like, they'd only come into the comp. It was 2008, um, and it was their first year in the comp, and they've kind of gone through the year with this god-awful website. So I'm like, here we go. This is my opportunity. So I jumped in. I sent them an email and uh, found their CEO's email on their website and said, mate, I'm um, at uni. I got an assignment to do for a real-world client. I want to make a new website. I've had a look at yours. It's not the best. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) So can I help you out? And they got back to me and said, yeah, mate, we'd love for you to have a crack at it. And I said, you don't have to use it. Like, I'll, I'll create something. If you want to use it, you can. If you don't, that's fine too. I just need to do it for an assignment. If you're happy for me to use your name, your imagery, all that kind of stuff, then let's do that. And, yeah, they were all for it. So... I started working for them doing doing that website. At the end of that assignment, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll use that. So I threw it online. It was all HTML and CSS. It was no, there was no CMS behind it. Um, no, not in the time of WordPress and Wix and no, all that. No, yeah. well before any of that existed. The hardcore coding. Yeah. So I got got my code hat on, which I'd, I'd done a little bit of that through my study. Um, yeah, did a full intense HTML, CSS-based website. And from there, basically, the cutter's like, yeah, we'll, we'll use this. Um, it had a... I actually made it and had a news feed on there, but because it's HTML, unless you know HTML, you can't actually can't update, update the news feed. <laughs> yep. So I kind of did myself a favour there because I, I basically set it up so that I could then continue to update it and you those kind of things. The yeah, yeah, exactly right. So... I reached out to them when I was in Mackay and said, hey, I'd love to continue doing work for you. I'm starting my, my own thing. You know, Can we sort this out? And they're like, yeah, yeah, come down. We'll have a chat and uh, we'd love for you to do some work for us. So I don't think I was charging them very much. I think it was, if anything, I think it was like $35 an hour or something like that. Like, yeah. Not very much at all. But, you know, I was working for the cutters and I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, let's let's keep this going. So yeah, spent the next uh, and I, I spent a little bit of time working for them doing the their website. Um, every now and then they reach out, oh we're doing a special game. Can you do a flyer for us? Oh we're doing something else. Can you do a brochure for us? Um, there was never any social stuff again. Like it was still in the times of MySpace and and those kind of things. So yeah. there was never really any of that content going around. Um, I think the first year I was working there, they're like, oh you know, thanks for thanks for all your help this year. Here's a signed jersey and a and a shirt, and I was pretty Sweet. stoked with that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've still got the jersey at home, wow. original 2008 Mackay Cutters jersey, fully signed. Um, what were the other teams um, in the comps websites like? Yeah, uh, just as terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the odd one, even the QRLs website at the time. I remember going back. Um, I remember looking at that for inspiration. I actually drew a lot of inspiration from that website. Yeah, um, but I mean. Yeah, that was terrible as well. Yeah, wow. I mean, my upgrade wasn't much of an upgrade, but it was better than what they had, so <laughs> that kind of speaks to itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably still find it on a Wayback machine on the internet. You definitely would, actually. Yeah. I think I still <coughs> definitely have the HTML files saved somewhere, Yeah, somewhere well down in the depths. Um, but, yeah, so I, I did some work for them um, in that time between looking for a job. Um Got a couple of other clients that I just landed around town. Um, my dad had an IT business, so I managed to, off the back of that, get a little bit of work through him mm-hmm. uh, just for some of the guys that he was doing work for. Yep. Um, so where'd your big break come? 
Well, I actually got my first job was with a printing house um, in Mackay. So that was about probably four months into this venture. And it, that was awesome because, one, it was my first job and I was just happy to be doing design. I got a company car too, which I was stoked about. Um, yeah, for my first gig. Um, but I think what was really important about that job is I learned so much about the printing process. Like, you don't get taught that stuff in uni. It just... You're on the front line. Exactly right. Yep. You're seeing how files are set up. You're setting them up yourself for professional print. Um, you know, we learnt we were mainly digital, but we had to send a lot of stuff to offset printers. Um, so I learned about both processes and, you know, that experience was awesome. Um, when that, you fuck up, you know, you, you see the consequences of it firsthand 100%, as well. 100%. Yep. You're like 3,000 bloody posters deep and you're like, there are mistakes. Yep. <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot different when you're just doing top level design stuff yep. and then you lose your shit because someone else is stuffed up or, you know, you're not on the hands on. So you don't experience the consequences of going, no, no, that's five hours worth of print time. Yep. That's wasted in paper, in yep. ink. X amount in of fabric, dollars. It's a yep. big one. Yeah. In time. And that's the thing. I was money. doing the quoting at the time as well. So I'm watching these like, this stuff that gets thrown away and just going, oh, that's so much money that yeah. I've just wasted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, that was my first job and I was actually print shop manager. Um, so, um, yeah, that was my first kind of foray into any kind of management other than, you know, I worked from Bilo when I was in high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, basically that job lasted a year um, and then I got a job for a creative agency in Mackay Um which was different again because, well, you're not looking after print jobs, but um, you're kind of talking direct and uh, communicating direct to clients and and those kind of things as Mm -hmm. well. So I think that was really invaluable experience too, to kind of be able to actually talk to people, understand what they want, come up with something on the spot if they expected you to. Um, Not so much visually, but actually have a mental picture drawn so that you can say, well, you know, you've presented me this, how about we do this, this and this to kind of work that way. Um, so I feel like, you know, through that experience, I, I learned a lot as well. Um, so I was there for three years, um, all the while still kind of doing my freelance stuff in the background as well. Was your freelance stuff mainly focusing in the sports industry? It was primarily Mackay Cutter stuff, essentially. Yeah, because okay. yep. yeah, basically I, um, I said to... Uh, these employers when I went to them that I had a couple of freelance clients I wasn't going to take on anyone new but if you'd be okay with me just kind of working um, on them I like yeah, just wanted to make sure that wasn't a conflict of interest or anything like that and yeah they didn't have a problem with that so I was able to keep working for the cutters and I did so for 10 years about wow. like that um, there was no more sport outside of that unfortunately from a freelance point of view but were you giving input into merch and Jerseys or is it solely socials or No, um, it was website? solely socials and yep. that kind of stuff. I did want to do input to jerseys. It was always my kind of dream to um, yeah, do a jersey for the cutters or anyone really. I just wanted to kind of create a jersey because, you know, in terms of design, that's what you see on field. That's what the players are wearing. Um, it's, yeah, even though there's... Like there's always someone behind that design. There's some reason for doing what they've done. 
Um, I toyed with the idea at one stage during my career of, you know, starting my own jersey business and that kind of thing. That that quickly got uh, flushed down the toilet when I realised how much work needed to go into that. And like with all lifestyle and activewear brands, you hear so many people either want to do it or start out doing it, but the realisation of the work that's involved and no matter your good intentions, there is a level of things outside of your control. Yeah. Like sure. there's always something that you're relying on. Unless you are owning your own sublimation machine and you are owning your own sewing machine and you're doing the sewing and you're doing the packing and you're doing the delivering yourself, it's fucked. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Everything that you're producing is obviously, um, you know, how successful you are is up to your factory and your logistics and your freight. Like it's, it's a cutthroat sort of thing to get into. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't yeah. even realise, like, the depths of, you know, what needed to be done. I was just like, yeah, that sounds like a really cool idea. I should start doing that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, but, like, in in the background, I was kind of designing jerseys that would, like, just for fun. Like, um, the funnest projects I work on was the stuff I did for the cutters. So I was just like, well, I want to do more of that, but since I can't do more of that and I don't have more clients that are sports-based, um, you know... I'll, I'll just start doing stuff for fun. So I started doing, uh, I'm a outside of rugby league, I'm a bit of an NHL fan. Um, so I started taking the NHL jerseys and converting them to rugby league jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a little bit of that going on kind of in the background, um, you know, between my day-to-day where I was designing, you know, stuff from hairdresser logos to excavator logos, a lot of mining stuff being being in Mackay. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, all those kind of things. So a wide variety of work, but not down that sports path necessarily. Yep. Um, and then where did QRL come in? Well, QRL was still a few years down the track. So I, I basically moved on from Mackay, moved up to Townsville um, after I got married. Uh, just decided that we wanted to be up there regardless of the cost. So we just said, packed up our stuff and left Mackay. Um, we had... Like I said before, we had a lot of friends and stuff up there from our uni days. Um, I met my wife in high school and she kind of came up to uni with me for a little while. Then she moved back to Mackay and then we lived in Mackay together and then when we went back up to Townsville, um, yeah, we just wanted to be close to friends and, and that kind of thing. So we, um, I got another job up there for a marketing agency. Um, actually, prior to that, I did get a job up there that was for another agency that did a lot of those kind of, you know, those car ads with the cars clipped and they've got like the prices underneath them and then they do like electronics clipped and they've got the price. So they did a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was there for two days and quit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought like I wanted to work for a creative agency and that just wasn't creative mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, yes, I needed the money, but I also didn't want to get, I wanted to do something I enjoyed doing. I wasn't going to sit there for ages and just etch cars out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sounds tedious. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I got another job at a marketing agency there. Um, and that was awesome because uh, through that place, they actually had a lot of sports clients. Uh, one of them was the Townsville Crocs at the time. Um, we talked about last week. about last yeah. week, yep. Um, so, yeah, they were looking at doing a slight update to their logo at the time. Um it was kind of a difficult time for the Crocs. That's kind of when they were on their way out. Um, I remember while I was there, they, they went to a community funding model and all those kind of things. And I think the the following year they went bust. 
Um, the Townsville community tried to keep them alive for as long as possible, but it just didn't end up happening. Um, but yeah, they had a great logo, a great jersey. They were top notch, great colour scheme. Um, so did you say you, you made amendments to the logo? Uh, the, the team I was working with at the time did, okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I hadn't had much to do with it at that point. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was something that they were working towards. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, I'd love to be involved in this kind of stuff. Um, we were doing work for Cowboys Leagues Club up there as well. Um, and during my time there, I actually got the opportunity to do some stuff for Football Queensland um, and Surf Lifesaving Queensland as well. So I kind of was able to get a little bit more of that sports design stuff under my belt. I'm like, yeah, this is this is where it's at. Like, this is the stuff I'm really enjoying. You knew your heart was in the right spot. Exactly you, right. Your heart knew you were in the right spot. Yeah, yep. yeah, for sure. So I was there for another four years um, doing, you know, those jobs again for, you know, hairdressers, but also getting actually getting an opportunity to do some sports stuff. And then in... Uh, 20, 2015, around mid-2015, I um, saw this job pop up for the QRL. And I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. Like, I still didn't understand, like, didn't really grasp the fact that there was jobs in sport for designers. So I'm like, oh, this sounds awesome. I'll, I'll jump at that. And I was kind of a bit hesitant to begin with because, you know, you're a small-town kid. You, I went to uni up at JCU. I'm like, surely the work that I'm doing isn't going to hold a candle to anything that is happening down in Brisbane. Like, there's going to be someone that's better than me. Self-doubt. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm like, maybe I don't apply. I'll just, yeah, see how we go. And I remember going to a Cowboys game um, that weekend, and I was ducked out head-to-toe in Cowboys gear. Uh, Literally head-to-toe, I had my Cowboys boardies on, my Cowboys jersey, Mm -hmm. my Cowboys hat. Coming from a St. George supporter. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw a guy at the, a game one day which had a split jersey, half Cowboys, half Dragons. I'm like, mate, that is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I, I ran into a friend there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I found this job for the QRL. And I'm like, oh, don't know if I'll apply. We'll see how we go. She said to me, she's like, Callan, just step back. She's like, look at yourself. She's like, if there's anyone that would want this job or needs this job, it's you. Like, you need to just apply. Just see what happens. So I think it's the following day I submitted my application and, and I think it was, that was in June. And I didn't hear anything from a couple, for a couple of months um, given that, you know, June is now I understand the busiest time for the QRL. Um, so I didn't hear anything until, like, the back end of September. Um, I thought it was, I, I just didn't get anything. No one was interested. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'll just keep moving on, doing what I'm doing. And then I got a phone call. They're like, oh, we'd like to interview you. Sweet. Jumped on an interview. Did that. Went through that process. A couple of days later, oh, yeah, we, you're definitely by far the strongest applicant. We'd love you to come and join us. And I got that phone call while I was at work at my current job. Mm-hmm. I remember going outside and just doing a fist pump. I was just <laughs> <laughs> that excited. Yeah. Um, so the interview was via Zoom or Skype or something? Yeah, it was like on it? Skype. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I suggested that I'd be happy to come down and for the interview. They said that Skype was fine. So, um, yeah. Isn't it funny after all those doubts and they clearly come out and say to you that you're by far the best applicant? Yeah. Which I was surprised. I was just, yeah, surprised and stoked. Like, I was just, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. Like, I'm like, I've, 
I didn't even know that there were jobs in sport when I was like growing up, or even even to that day, I'd still I was still surprised that there was this kind of work. I didn't know what kind of work I'd be doing when I got there, um, but you know, I just assumed it'd be stuff for the website and those kind of things. But yeah, um, yeah, then it the rest of its history. So I've been there now for seven, almost seven years. Yeah, so, so you've, you've bucked the trend. Yeah, I think you said. Most of your previous jobs, three or four years, three or four years. Yeah, yeah. So I've actually, I've actually stuck to this one a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I do, I, I get to watch sport every day. I get to be involved in sport every day. Like there's nothing better than that. Like when you're as diehard a fan as I am or, you know, anyone out there listening is to actually get a role in sport and the sport that you love is just something special. Yeah. Yeah, you sit back that. and think, yeah, they're paying me for this shit. Yeah, this exactly awesome. right. Well, it's funny, like during Origin, um, I'll be, you know, I might have to put it together a social graphic or something like that that has highlights in it or whatever. And, you know, for two or three hours of that day, I'm sitting there watching Origin highlights. <laughs> I'm like, how good is this? Good think of worse things to be doing. Yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like there are, there are pain points about the job sometimes, but those moments like there there are moments in it where you just like have to pinch yourself and are just like yeah this is this is pretty special so let's get into that a little bit what i i'm sure the listeners would like to hear and i'd certainly like to know well what is the t- what is your job title specifically but then also what is the the day-to-day roles of your job yep what are you doing you know maybe once a month like overall how would you summarize what your job is so overall, basically my job, so I'm the creative and design lead. Um, so I leave, lead the creative direction um, and creative assets uh, for the QRL as a whole. Um, so basically for delivering uh, rugby league on a, on a statewide uh, basis. So uh, what that means basically is we do stuff for junior clubs um, in terms of flyers uh, for clinics and those kind of stuff. Well, not clubs specifically, more so um any kind of QRL-based activations, um, and then stuff all the way to the Maroons. So we do uh, things like the team bus, the dressing rooms, all those kind of design touch points that you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, as part of that, look after all the statewide competitions as well. So that's uh, things like the Host Plus Cup, uh, the BMD Premiership. Um, I think there's six comp- competitions in total that we have throughout the state, um, major comps that is. Um, and then we have, yeah, everything in between. Um, so my day-to-day, you know, during origin periods, it's um, pretty hectic. It's, you know, a lot of the time is spent designing the dressing rooms, um, designing the bus, coming up with ideas for social graphics, you know, getting those ready to go, um, doing all the stuff we need to do for game nights, um, you know, getting all that stuff prepped and ready. Uh, Origin is by far our busiest period because, yes, we have Origin, but we've also got all of our statewide comps running in the background at the same time. Like, the other stuff just doesn't stop because Origin's here. Yep. Um, so, you know, my wife can attest that <laughs> from um, bloody May till the end of September, I'm just flat out like a lizard drinking, like... I usually 
the month of May, I'm working every day. Like my wife doesn't see me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding more and more now too during the week. I'm actually, you know, in meetings and on phone calls, kind of coordinating a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, making sure that we have photographers for sessions and um, making sure that. You know, I'm on the meetings to find out what signage we need to go where and how and all those kind of things. So there's a lot of that coordination that goes into that kind of thing as well. Um, so now my job kind of involves a lot of that. A lot of the management side. Exactly right. Yep. Um, and how big is your team? So at the moment, so we just had a designer leave, um, but we are current, well, starting interviews next week actually for a replacement. Um, but we have uh, another designer there as well, Sadie, um, and myself. So there's only three of us in the creative team. Um, we have a digital team as well outside of that that does um, all of the video kind of mm-hmm. stuff um, and all of the stories on the website and those kind of things as well. Uh, but, yeah, for our creative team as such, there's only really the three of us. So um, it's a lot of work spread between three people. And a lot of the time we get spread pretty thin. Uh, you kind of have to choose your battles um, and choose which jobs to focus on. But that's all part of it, I guess. So any keen listeners out there who want a job in the industry, reach out and uh, <laughs> give the man a hand. <laughs> Please. We've talked about your day-to-day stuff. Is there big picture stuff that you're working on as well? I know we are going to talk about one specific thing in a moment, yep. but are there, are there other things that are... You know, you may not be working on day to day, but you are working on for this year or for Origin next year or for one yeah. of the leagues. So basically, at the end of our, like, uh, we say that there is no off season because there really isn't. Like, I know you'd probably feel the same way, Kit. Like, during the off season is probably when you're at your busiest because you're prepping for the following year. Yeah. So, yeah, during the off season, we kind of spend our time kind of prepping for the following year stuff, whether that be membership campaigns, whether that be launching the new jersey, um, you know, all of those assets that go along with those things. We help out, we work alongside the marketing team. Um, so we, we're pretty close with them and um, kind of make sure that everything that we're doing works for them. Um, you know, we submit ideas and stuff like that too. Um, coming from marketing agencies, that's another advantage I gained is, is actually kind of being able to come up with ideas as well as kind of create stuff for them. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff that happens during the off-season period. In terms of big picture, you know, the project we're going to talk about soon is is probably one of the biggest things that we've ever done. Um, and the but you know we'll we'll try and have something that we work on um throughout the season so at the moment we're looking to implement uh statewide to help us out a little bit a statewide uh canva platform um so coming up with some templates um for use across the state so we have three regional centers being southeast northern and central and we want to be able to help those guys kind of generate assets that still maintain the look and feel that we've created and those kind of things. So that's something that we're working on at the moment um, and we're looking to roll that out towards the end of the year. Um, I'll be going up there and doing a tutorial session on how to use Canva, mm-hmm. um, also giving them an education on the brand assets and taking them through all that kind of stuff as well. Yep. It is a funny thing, Canva, isn't it? Like there's a lot of snotty designers out there that 
aren't the biggest fan <laughs> of it. It feels like they're taking away certain yeah uh, privileges that they have. What and are your thoughts on it? I felt that way as well. Um, it kind of allows anyone to do what we do, yeah. essentially. Um, but I'm kind of looking at it, at it as an ability to help us. So basically it will allow us to create templates that are our look and feel that others can then use, um, which currently they're just going and creating their own thing, which is fine for the purpose. Like if a local club needs something and, you know, uh, they need it quickly, then more often than not we're unable to help. Um, so I want to create something where they can just jump on, create something quickly if they need. It still hits all the markers in terms of our brand. You know, it may not be polished to the point that, you know, we've had some time to look over it and that kind of thing, but at least it is still on brand and still maintaining that kind of QRL look and feel. Um, that's where I'm kind of trying to use Canva. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because it is a designer's mortal enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the big thing, which I'm excited to hear about, yep. one thing that surprised me was hearing you talk about the involvement in the jerseys. Is that something that's, that's common? Yeah, it is a little bit. So we basically, um, it started with ISC. So... Um, we kind of expressed to them when we got them on board that um, I would like to design a jersey, basically. Um, so how did they take that? Yeah, they were fine with it. Actually, they were yeah. they were kind of open to it. Um, we went down and met with them a lot too, and you know I got to meet their their team and, and that kind of thing as well. So because it was Canterbury for a long time, it was Canterbury for a long time. Long yeah, time. so Canterbury can it kind of finished up? Well, they finished up with us at the end of twenty seventeen. Uh, was it amicable or was it one yeah, sided yeah, it decision? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fine. Yeah, from memory anyway. Like it was, it was only two years into my tenure, um, yeah. so I, I, I wasn't really involved with that side of things at that time. Because um, it did, because Canterbury had been with them for a very long time, from what I recall, and um, I know that Canterbury were going through a hell of a lot of changes at that period. Yeah, um, and I think there was yeah probably a few people in the community that may not have been happy as much as ISC were doing a really good job in the NRL scene. I think there was a few traditionalists out there that wanted to see Canterbury stick around. So yeah. And we definitely saw those comments come through that, you know, should have stuck with Canterbury and that kind of thing. Um, you know, social media is a wonderful place, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I can't really comment on it. I honestly don't know. Yep. Okay. Um, so you went down went and down. You, you chat with ISC. Yeah. Yeah. So we went down, um, and yeah, we like the first year we were with them. Um, yeah, we needed the captain's run jersey, and I just suggested that I'd, I'd like to design it. Uh, I was actually under um, uh, our senior marketing manager at the time. She was she was my kind of boss, uh, so I said, said to her, "I'm like, you know, if there's an opportunity there in your talks with IC, I'd love to, you know, have an opportunity to create something." Um, and yeah, it just so happened that it eventuated, and they're like, "Yeah, sure." you can design a captain's run jersey for us. So needless to say, I was stoked. Um, So, Because it isn't something that we actually really have talked about yet on the podcast, but outside the logo, a team logo, the jersey is the most iconic and recognisable element of a team brand. For sure. For sure. It's, yeah, it's, I think you guys were saying the other week, it's like the team's armour or something like that. It's, Mm. it's, Something special, like to it's the element you see most of outside anything else. I mean, on, the dragons on, is a perfect example, yeah. right? Like everything's you know the red V. Yeah, that is sure. their branding. Chevron, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chevron. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a V. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the reason I ask, and I love your reaction to it, was how did they feel about it? Because I'm sure there'd be a lot of designers who would be protective of that. That's our job. You, you, you do what you do. From my point of view, I love the idea. Obviously, your team, you've spoken a little bit about the history, knows all the history, knows the brand better than we do. Um, I love the idea of leveraging off off that yeah. and in the end making you know a better product than what we probably would be able to provide. Yeah, for sure. And that's something like I, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I love the old school looking jerseys. Like I love the retro kits and all that kind of stuff. It, they are the, the best looking kits out there. And, you know, when I got my opportunity, I was like, I'm going to really research this hard because, you know, if I want to do this again, then I need to do a good job. So I basically dove into research and like dove through the history books and scoured all of the photos that we had on file and it it wasn't even from a photo that the first jersey I designed was it was from a we've in our building just over the down the, in Paddington there um, which was recently under flood water um, we had a museum downstairs and in that museum we had a jersey and it had laces around the collar. Uh, old school jersey had like moth holes in it and all that kind of stuff but it had like a big number on the front um and yeah it was just something different i'm like that's really cool yeah i'd love to recreate that so we did the old printed laces on the on the front (laughs) collar yes did a little bit of a kind of it was the traditional kind of ic collar that goes around the neck very tightly so we made that white and we threw a little bit of a flick on there to kind of make it look collary um, with the laces, um, and then we actually managed to get the sponsor at the time, Intrust Super, to shift up to the um, right hand chest where the because there was no one there at the time, and we were able to run the the player number across the front. So we ended up using the player's fog number, uh, which was awesome. Like the, it just it was a pretty much an exact replica of you know what we had downstairs aside from the the sponsors, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it was. I was I was pretty stoked with that one. I got to see them um, wear it for the first time. We used to travel with the team like uh, to do the social media content. So that was in 2018. So we went down. I went down to Melbourne with them. I think that was the first. That was game one. And yeah, got to see. Went to the captain's run. Saw the boys running around in it. And yeah, we actually. There's a if so anyone's looking, there is actually an interview with me at the time. I'll have to find on qrl.com.au. Awesome. I'll include it in the uh, episode <laughs> description notes. Um, but I think you can tell from that interview just how kind of pumped I was just to be involved in that process and to actually have a jersey that the boys were wearing and, and getting around in. And at that time too, the captain's run jersey, like for, the, for those years leading up, had always been exclusive to the team as well. Mm-hmm. So this jersey was exclusive to the team. So we didn't actually sell it online anywhere. Oh, so you it didn't was, retail it? No. Wow. So Did you... Get your own personal jersey. I've, I've got one. Oh, yeah. wow! Yeah. You, you got a few by the looks of things. I've got, I've got a couple. Yep. Yeah. If if I'm not given one, or yeah, I'll usually just, buy one just because yep. I want to have it in my collection. So of course, yeah. I um, it's awesome hearing you talk about the uh, the museum and the historical element that you guys can draw from. I think back to um, I used to do stuff for the Bulldogs, and they had a a part time person working there who his whole role was just to document everything. He had just gigabytes and gigabytes of old photos, footage, um, match reports. So to be able to draw from that was awesome. Um, whereas some of the other clubs we deal with haven't got an idea about any of that stuff. 
Yeah, well, I, like I think it's what you put into it, right? So I made yeah. sure that I kind of dove as heavily into it as humanly possible. Like I, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to do something that I, as a fan, would look at and be like, "Oh, that's that's a really awesome jersey." Like I wonder, you know, who came up with that or whatever. But that's my approach to a lot of stuff. Is like I'll, I'll I take like this fan first approach. Like mm-hmm. me as a fan, like I'm I'm a fan. Growing up, I'm a fan through and through. Like, I still go to the games and I still cheer as hard as I did when I was, you know, just sitting at home in my lounge room in, in Mackay or Townsville. Like, so I want to do something for the fans out there that is like a fan would like or a fan would kind of, they would wear. You know, I don't want to do anything that's dishonours the fan or. It's it's nearly the best person for those roles, yeah. I think because you are going to stay up till eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, one o'clock, finishing something off because you know it needs to be done right. You are going to have those uncomfortable conversations with the clubs, yep, or in this case with the organisation to go. This isn't the right thing to do, rather than going. Oh well, well, it's, yeah, it's just my job, so I'll just go and do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So the fact that you know you recognise that is a real positive. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, like you said, to stay up late nights and, and that kind of stuff, it makes it so worth it when you're a fan because like I said before, you, you know, you're looking at footage and old photos and all those kind of things. And you just, you have an appreciation for it as well. Like you just really respect those that came before and, and that. So, yeah. So what was your view in, on game three the other week? Loved it. Yeah, you were there. You attended. <laughs> it was actually the first game I've ever attended at a state of origin as a fan. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity. We were hosting a, a new a new partner, um, and yeah, I I was there with our um, head of marketing, and uh, basically, yeah, got to sit there and watch the boys come home. And what a game to be at! It was it was something special. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been there, I've been at games and worked before, um, like you, you'll go out and stand on the sideline and for the, like the intro stuff, um, then you'll have to kind of take your seat at your computer. We used to work in the tunnels of the stadiums. So you go and sit at your computer, which is down the tunnel. Um, you know, you'd stand on the sideline, watch what's happening. As soon as a try scored, you're at your computer and, and you're sitting there for like, 15, 20 minutes. So everything that's going on out there is you're missing. Um, instead, you're staring at a little screen that you're kind of trying to stay up on. And, you know, if there's consistent tries scored, you've got to stay there. And because we, we do live try cards, uh, live try updates during the um, during the games and you're throw those on social, posts, social media. Right? Yep. yep. So we'll do live stuff for that. So we'll see a try scored, go to our computer, do that. So... And you've already got all that prepped, ready to go, right? Yeah, like all, all templated up. DCE. The uh, the Tigers posted their win. Did you see that on socials? With the early crow, yeah. I was yeah. going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a nightmare. Poor. So, so we have all that stuff templated, ready to go. We used to do <laughs> we used to do individual try cards. So yep. they used to be, we got players in, we shot them on green, um, doing the old crossed arms, the old look up and, and that kind of stuff. And they they were awesome. They were awesome looking cards. I think there was one year, like the, the year that we did those ones. Like we spent, oh, I spent 
ages just rendering all these things out, getting ready so that there was minimal render on the night, so that everything was set as a background. Yep. Um, all we had to do was update the score and upload, essentially. We scored two tries, and I had three variations of each player ready to go. So it took me, it was hours and hours and hours of work, and we just decided it wasn't worth it. So we yep. we're back to just doing uh, try, score, and then usually a, a plug for our campaign, whatever that is, at the end of it. So Take your learnings from it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So... Um, it but, must be such a different experience being there on game day as a attendee versus being there on game day as someone who's working, even if you're just entertaining, yeah. right? It's you're not interesting. There to enjoy an experience. Like you get the privilege to walk on the field yeah. or be on the sideline, but you're still not in that same zone, right? Yeah. And it's like, I felt like as, you know, sitting up in the stands the other night, like it was just. You know, I got to enjoy it from a different perspective. And because I'd never been to an origin before, like I've now kind of experienced that. I've now kind of, you know, honed into that primal instinct of a Queenslander where they're kind of, you know, 50,000 strong shouting out Queenslander at the top of their lungs. Like, um, you know. to go to too. Yeah, 100%. That, that last try, Benny Hunt, I was riding him home the whole way. It was, it was something special. We were chatting... I think a few days after that game, trying to tee up this actually, yep. and I said to you, it's probably the best game of league that I've, I wasn't there live, but the best game of league to watch since that Cowboys-Broncos grand final. Grand final. Yep. And what a redemption arc for Ben Hunt as yeah, well. Yeah, just for sure. To, I mean, I'm sure those demons will haunt him for the rest of his life, but to have that happen to him and to be on the other side of that, I think is quite um, rewarding for the uh, path that he's had to take. Yeah, definitely. And I think Benny's come out of it the the right way too. Like I know initially there was a lot of that kind of social backlash and from a lot of fans, Um, but you know, he's now bigger and better. He's killing it at the dragons. He played his best game for the Maroons. Like he's even game three last year. Like he just came out of the gates and just shone for the Maroons. Like, so, you know, I, I think that's, you know, good on him for, you know, holding his head up high and say, listen, I've, it, what happened happened and, you know, I'm going to come back and make sure that I'll make a name for myself. And it was just that ultimate end to that redemption arc. Like he's that runaway try I think a lot of Queenslanders will remember for a long time. Yeah. I, I remember the Billy Slater one. I don't know what year it was. 06 maybe? Yeah. Yep. Um, 04. Know, 04 was it? Yep. yep. So... Uh, I will just remember that for the rest of my life. I imagine yep. there's a lot of you know kids now, you know, around the same age who would be watching that, and that's going to stick around for them forever. Yeah, for um, I do want to talk jerseys a little bit more, but sure. I want to circle around to this project because a couple of my questions come back to jerseys, probably related to yep. the project. So, uh, a couple of years ago, what year? What year was it? Two or three years ago? Twenty. End of twenty. Oh, start of twenty nineteen. I think. Okay. when we started. So 2019 QRL or the Maroons or yep. a bit of both. A bit of both. Went through a more than a refresh, mm-hmm. but maybe not quite a rebrand, right? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? So it, the process actually actually started uh, mid, I think it was mid 2019. We actually got the ball rolling on it. So I basically had seen what the NRL were doing uh, with their recent rebrand and refresh. Um obviously getting rid of the gradients out of their logo um, for the most part. Like 
um, took away the stars. I think they had stars in there at one stage as well. Or oh, they had chevrons. Yeah. So at the moment, it's just NRL with chevrons and that that green color. Um, so they went very flat. Um, everything they did went very flat. So they did those kind of secondary team logos as well um, as part of that um, NRL Premiership rebrand as well. Uh, so I, I'd seen what they'd done the years prior, and I took a look at our brand. I'm like, well. We're kind of falling a bit behind here. like Because the logo that you had was part of a umbrella yes. logo at NRL level, For right? the whole NRL, yeah. yeah. So it was rolled out across all states. Um, and we're not talking NRL premiership. We're yep. actually talking NRL branding. Uh, NRL governing body. Yep. yep. So, yeah, they had their NRL logo and that was then reflected across New South Wales, Queensland, WA... Victoria, those logos still exist. They're still on the NRL website. And you were the only bastards that were able to get away with keeping the classic Q inside that shield, whereas everyone else lost everything at all. Yeah, so they had the... um, New South Wales had the football, um, and I think the others all had that football there as well. So, yeah, that was... We had that logo up until... I think we only changed from that Q logo from in like 2013 or something like that from memory. And then, yeah, that then became part of that shield. Yep. So you're seeing what the NRL are doing. And so is it fair to say you're the instigator? Yeah. So I basically went to our COO at the time, who is now our CEO. Um, I went to him and said, mate, listen, I've seen what the NRL have done. I actually quite like it. Um, you know, it's bringing the brand into a modern era. Um, I think we should do the same. I've actually got some ideas on how we can get started. Um, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, if you can do it, go for it. So I basically took that and ran with it. Um, I wanted to do it internally because I knew we had the capability. Um, and yeah, basically the idea was born that day. Well, the idea was born before that, but the the, the seed was planted. The box was ticked that day, yeah. So I was able to go ahead and actually get cracking on something. Um, so yeah, it basically came from there. Um, basically, on the back of that, I did a full brand audit. Um, basically, what that entailed was going through our whole logo catalog of what we had. So that was QRL. Maroons, we had an under-20s Maroons, we had under-18s, under-16s. All those logos looked the same, in essence. The only difference between Maroons and QRL was we changed the grey to gold. Um, the, all those junior representative teams, they all had the same logo. Um, all of the competitions had the same logo. Uh, it was only when I came on board that... We decided to update the intra-super cup logo at the time um, to have a, an actual cup in it. Um, so there was all these things that we they were doing um, that all looked the same. And I'm just like, well, in order for us to have like an actual hierarchy and a brand identity, we need to kind of separate these things out and, and look at this kind of project as a whole. So we had the QRL and Maroons kind of sitting up the top, um, which was kind of like our kind of forward-facing corporate marks. 
Second to that, we had our regional marks. So we actually had one for central, north, and southeast. We then had our uh, competitions. So that's all of those major competitions that I spoke about before. Uh, there were six of those in total. Um, and then all of our rep teams below that as well. So that includes like our under-19s, um, as they are now, um, Rubies and Sapphires, which were new ones that came on board uh, through that process as well, which play in the um, Women's National Championship. Um, we also had, oh, at the time we did logos for like our Murray's team and our um, oh, reps, rangers. There are a whole heap of these representative teams mm-hmm. um, that we we needed to do stuff for as well. So I kind of arranged all these and kind of set it out in stages. So as the project was known as the t- at the time affectionately, it was called Project Q. Yep. Um, everything. Code name. And yeah, everything. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't, not that we wanted to keep it on the lowdown. It's just, it made it easier when we were referencing what we were actually working on. Um, and everything in essence was really based around that Q as it had been for a hundred years prior to that. Like that Q mark was, the thing that made kind of Queensland, Queensland mm-hmm. um, for and has for a hundred years. So we wanted to make sure that whatever we did um, kind of paid tribute to that. So I basically prepared this document, um, put it forward, my ideas for each logo and kind of presented that and said, this is what we're wanting to do. Are you guys okay with it? Yep. Thumbs up. So we went from there and then basically we, we got cracking so um, we started working on ideas, um, you know, started, I did probably 50-odd oh, variations of the Q. Because it is an awkward shape. It is an like awkward the shape. The Q is not the best. I, I've worked with it a fair bit with yeah. netball. It's not the most easiest um, shape to work with. Yeah, and... I googled cues. I, I just went. I, I went deep. I, I jumped on Pinterest. I jumped on Behance. I jumped on anything and everything. I just went into Google and like typed in, you know, different shape cues, um, like a cue font, like just all these kind of weird and wonderful things. All the font websites typing exactly. in Q. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're typing Q at the top, and then you're just scrolling forever just to see all the kind of shapes and you know how those all come together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, and at the same time, too, I didn't want it to lose the essence of what the Queensland Rugby League was. So there are a couple of things for me that needed to stay present. So I wanted to make sure that it was a shape that, even though it would look different, it was still kind of, in essence, something from our past. Like, I didn't want to lose that connection to the past. Like... As I said before, I'm a traditionalist. I love the kind of traditional jerseys and that kind of thing. So it was very important to me that whatever we did maintain that connection. And again, as I said, looking at it as a fan's perspective, I wanted to make sure that whatever we created was something that I would also be happy with as a fan. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I did some research. I looked back at all of our kind of annual reports uh, to see what logos they used on the front of them. That was the only kind of real visual reference we had to um, anything. So I'm scouring through, you know, these 1938 bloody annual reports that are all very, the paper's brown. Delicate. And it's very delicate. So I'm just 
kind of taking photos and, you know, getting those into my gallery just to kind of use as inspiration going forward. Um, so, yeah, the queue was kind of the, that main kind of focus area for us. Um, and, you know, and initially in my thoughts I was like, I I didn't want a shield. I just thought we'll just wear a queue. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I, I'd share that with the NRL and they'd go, okay, well – we still want it to be part of that brand family. Um, that's being the NRL and the States. So we still want it to work in with that. So, you know, can you in- incorporate a shield into that? Um, so we then kind of got the shield, um, toyed with it a little bit. Um, I heard you guys talking about white kite the other, the other week, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a little bit of back and forth with white kite as well, which is the creative agency for the NRL. So was the NRL completely thrilled that you were stepping away from that that whole suite um was there any pushback in that regard no they never said anything no No. um it's a surprise to me that new south wales hasn't sort of followed suit and gone on their own yeah yeah that surprised me as well they've done the origin logo um but outside of that they haven't really done the rest of their brand um but yeah, it was. No, we never had any real pushback from the NRL on it. We made them very well aware of what we were doing at the time, um, and just to make sure that whatever we were doing, they were also happy with because it still had to fit within that brand family. So, um, you know, it still had to appear on the front of all the buildings next to all the other logos and, and that kind of thing. So we needed to make sure that whatever we were doing also suited the NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We would share, yeah, countless concepts with um, the with White Kite and the NRL. Um, they'd come back to us and say, "Well, what if you adjusted this? Or what if you adjusted that?" We'd go back to them and say, "Yeah, I like that idea, but maybe we adjust this and do it this way." So there was a bit of back and forth there. Um, we got to a point where we had some concepts to present, um, but to- well, we actually did a focus group, um, and that was tough because. Yes. I don't know if you guys have ever sat in a focus group before. No, I haven't. You have um, your kit? I haven't, no. Uh, okay. All right. So we did a focus group with the logo, the, the very initial concepts. External like a, focus group? Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is like we got a bunch of people that were casual fans, no, like not fans, uh, didn't identify with the brand, um, people that were avid fans, like so a wide range of people. And did you... Did you do that yourself internally or did you get someone else to We got someone externally. Contracted. We yep. contracted someone to do that for us. Um, and uh, me, my marketing manager, um, and uh, our marketing executive at the time, we went out to um, sit in on this fo- – not sit in. You're kind of behind – Glass wall. Glass wall. Yeah. And just watch these people tear this logo Ooh. to shreds. <laughs> and, you know, as – a designer, you know, you got to you got to be pretty thick skinned, um, but that was rough. Mm-hmm. Like that was to actually see people go through it and just pick it to pieces, and you're like, like, and I looked at it at the time. I was like, oh my god, like, have we done the right thing here? You know, are we going in the right direction? But you know, I kind of took a step back from that, and I'm like, a lot of the stuff they were saying actually made a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, so I kind of had to separate myself out from it a little bit. Again, something that we were talking about last week or the week before, just around designer ego and knowing, you know, oh. you've put your heart into it, but for whatever reason, it's not right. 
I'd be sitting there behind the glass just scoffing in my lab, lab coat going, what the bloody hell would they know? <laughs> yeah. I'm the designer around here. And then I'd probably get back home and go, you know what? I might have a point here. Yeah. So do you recall some of the things that came up or some of the key oh, items? I, oh, I wish I could. No, okay. um, but initially the the logo itself um, was very square. Like it was very much based off that 1980s kind of With The ball cue. on the inside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. was way more kind of tailored towards that kind of way and I, I, I loved it I was like you know this is it this is heads or tails this is what we're going with I, I, this, this is the best thing I've ever done mm-hmm. and that traditionalist in you yeah yeah exactly right and yeah then it got absolutely torn to shreds god I'd love to see the concept <laughs> pages that's one of my big loves is seeing how brands get from here to here I did bring my laptop along so I can show Ooh, you it afterwards if, if you want to see it yes because uh, I've got a full illustrated document that is I kind of start on a on a stage and then just kind of work my way around and kind of it's doing like this swirl thing, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's fifty odd versions of this cue that I've just kind of tinkered with and adjusted things very slightly. I think I did the same for the the Intra Super Cup logo, um, like that cup. I did thirty versions of a cup before we landed on the one that we yep. actually went with. Like there is just so much involved with that process to make sure that it is you know, hitting that mark. Yeah. So, yeah, it got torn to shreds and I was like, okay, well, let's take a step back. Let's look at this again. So we took that feedback on board. Um, We went back to the drawing board, did a couple more concepts, um, went back and forth with White Kite and the NRL a little bit as well. Uh, We ended up getting uh, a cue in the shape that, you know, we we were all very happy with. and then we kind of threw it in a shield. Yep, that looks good. Put some chevrons in there. So initially the initial concept was to have uh, two chevrons running through the queue, two kind of thinner chevrons. Um, the NRL came back and said, we'd like the chevrons to be the same thickness as what we have in our logo. So that's where the kind of thicker chevrons came from. Um, so we did the thicker chevrons and... That was the result. That was the cue. So did you go through the focus groups again? We didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things where it's like you need to put it down now, yeah. you're happy with it, you know yeah. that Well, it I think yeah. because we got a lot out of that focus group, like we got people to actually say, you know, what was wrong with it and how they would change it and those kind of things, we kind of felt that where we landed was pretty on the money but still stayed true to that historical piece as well. Like, you know, we had the chevrons from the logo prior, we had the shield from the logo prior, we had the shape of the queue, which is in essence, uh, you know, uh, something born from that original 1980s queue. Um, I just had the, the guide up in, on my phone in front of me and it, it uh, highlighted all the elements that you got from the old logos. That's yep. another another thing that I love and um, it really is a bit of an amalgamation of that history. It right? is, yeah. And even the tail on the queue was yes. born from that original queue as well. Like we, yeah, it was, and we demonstrate, like we wanted to demonstrate that in a video too when we actually launched the brand to say, these are all the elements that we looked into. Like we didn't actually just go into this with our eyes closed and say, let's just do a logo for the sake of it. We actually did our research and we wanted to make sure that whatever we did stayed true to something. Which is really, you spend so much time, well, I know even I do this from time to time, spend so much time on a logo, you forget about all of the intricacies that you've put in that may not be obvious to non-designers or non-creatives or people with that eye. So I nearly think 
what you've done and you know a lot of people do it it's you know 20% or 10% of the delivery or the time in the delivery is actually the explainer yeah. uh, and I'm not sure whether kit you were looking at the video that was posted online but I, I do recall you having like a two and a half minute video or something like that that broke it all down and went all through it and I just think that was perfect that summed yeah. it up um, for anybody whether you're a diehard fan or someone who's familiar with the Maroons and Queensland Rugby League mm. um, to have that there and and as you said to show that the effort has gone in to maintain the tradition yeah exactly the and history the culture that video was an important piece because it gave a historical view on the QRL as a whole as well like yeah. so it actually explains you know where we've come from you know our past logos you know where we're going like we're taking a step forward you know our female game is the biggest growth area in our game at the moment. Like, yep. um, so, you know, we're, we're taking steps forward and leaps and bounds. And, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that that was demonstrated in a logo and it's, it's hard to do, you know, it's without all those, like, you know, using icons and, and those kind of things, yeah, but it's a nearly a videographic infographic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I'm but, a sucker for all those types of videos though. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I'll froth at them and yeah. <laughs> go I don't even have to know the comp or have any information. Nah. Yeah. I just love seeing yeah. where they draw from. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we kind of put it together like a couple that we'd seen that were really good. Like I think the Canberra Raiders did one when they did their subtle rebrand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was great. Like it just did like it kind of like morphed the logo to what it is now, which was awesome. Um, and there was an, like an Icelandic footy team or something like that that did a recent rebrand as well. And their, their video explained it was great as Nick well. Wrench, yeah. mentioned them. I can't remember the team yeah. name, but um, so you release it. Yep. So we released the QRL Feedback. logo first. Yeah. Um, and it went down well. I, I was I was fully expecting it to a lot of people to be very unhappy, mm-hmm. as you do with those things. Like you change anything, there's always going to be someone that's upset by it. Um, luckily, for the most part, it was all positive. Like everyone's like, "Yeah, this is great. Looks awesome." Like, so I was pretty happy with how it was received. Um, you know, I realised that doing something like that was going to be a massive rollout across the state too. Like. Basically, every kit across the state, every junior, senior league kit has that logo on it. So, and it, like we released it at the end of 2020. Um, so, not the most ideal time for clubs to be looking at buying new kits and stuff like that in the midst of the COVID crisis. Um, so, we kind of had a bit of a uh, leeway on that, like to give them two or three years to kind of a get, get that stuff sorted. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you taking commission from apparel suppliers <laughs> as well? <laughs> that happened on your show. I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how that one was born, essentially. Um, but yeah, the the feedback was, yeah, it was great. Honestly, you couldn't have asked for better feedback. Yep, I I love it. I not just saying that because you're sitting right here. But, um, <clears throat> I'm on the record for saying. I remember when the the NRL one came out. It wasn't that I necessarily disliked the aesthetics of that, but. Um, some of the intricacies of the application, like having the text outside of the shield, which you guys don't have, right? Yep. It's all within the shield. We do have a secondary okay. that, that has the text outside the shield, yep. um, but that gets used very little. But in terms of jersey applications, it's all within Just the, the shield, logo. right? Yep. So um, not sure if you've picked up on it, but that NRL text gets lost on yep. certain j- jerseys that can only be two different colours or you know, two and a half different colours technically. So yep. um, 
you guys have basically improved what the NRL did. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's not just that one logo like we've spoken about. It's a whole suite, like the Mal Meninga version and the Cyril Connell version. Like, it, it all just sits so perfectly against each other. And, yeah, I think you've done a cracking job. Yeah, I thanks, love, love I appreciate it. it. I'm a big fan of the, is it Host Plus? Host Plus Cup. Yep. Host Plus Cup, the actual cup in the shield. It just yeah. sits perfectly. Yeah. It's just the, the line thickness is right, the spacing between it's right. Yeah. So that was, yeah, a, a process all in itself is getting those kind of competition logos done as yep. well. Like we obviously wanted to do something that looked like an obvious pathway to the NRL because that's what it is. Basically, you come through those ranks and, you know, we, we proved it during Origin. I think there were uh, something like 28 of our players or something like that that have all come through and played Host Plus Cup. Um, you did put a post up. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah. And showed, it showed how many games they've played uh, for each club and, and those kind of things. So it's... I think, you know, we wanted to show that clear pathway into the NRL. Yep. Um, so that, you know, people could see it from, from that st- like standpoint visually as well. And we've done the same with the women's comp as well. So it takes on the women's chevron, which is used in the NRLW. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got basically a women's chevron at the bottom. Which chevron. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. And we've done for the same for our under-19s as well. So our Harvey Norman under-19s have that same chevron so that there's a clear path that way as well. Um, I'll just touch on the Maroons logo as yep. well. Um, so that was our next kind of point after the QRL logo. So we locked in that sh- that queue and we did the Maroons logo and uh, Sadie, um, our, one of my designers, she did the kangaroo in that logo. She... Um, I remember, so she only came on board with us in 2019 and I remember as part of her kind of portfolio that she, when she went for the job, she had all these kind of animal drawings and, and that kind of stuff. I'm like, you beaut, I've got, <laughs> I've got the perfect thing in mind for you. Yep. So I gave that one to her and... Um, what an introduction. Yeah, I know, right? Start <laughs> yep. start up and here you go, you're actually part of a massive... Rebrand. Re- passionately loved yeah. rebrand. So I gave the kangaroo to her and she, yeah, that the there's only a very few minor differences, which we kind of, again, went back and forward with White Kite about. Um, the original can- kangaroo was a lot thinner. Um, this one is a little bit thick. Um, so we... Put on a bit of beef. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I love how the tail of the kangaroo... Um, Goes under the queue. Follows yeah. under the queue. Yeah. yeah. I only picked up on that probably two weeks ago. Yep. I saw a post on Facebook. Someone tried saying that the, the tail should be the, the tail of the queue. Yeah. It doesn't, like, it's good in theory, doesn't work. And then I was like, oh, that actually lines up with the bottom, the arch of the queue. Yeah. Really cool. We explored that. We explored making the tail, like, as part of the queue. And, like, you, you go through all those kind gimmicky, of things. right? Yeah, like, exactly yeah. right. Well, you'd lose elements of the queue, right? Unless yeah. you're putting some sort of drop shadow or contouring around the shape of the queue. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so that one in itself, we were like, um, we wanted to make sure that that became a recognisable brand as well. I mean, that 1980 logo that we have, not that one, but um, that original 1981 that Arthur Beetson ran out in is probably my favourite logo. Like, it is just a great logo. And I kind of set out with the anticipation that that was just going to be the logo. Again, no shield, just the kangaroo and Q, and Mm. and that would be it. Um, But, again, in order to kind of, you know... And I, I understand it from an NRL's point of view because... They wanted it to sit beside the New South Wales Shield and with the Origin Shield and those three shields in line together on any marketing assets and all those kind of things. It just looks neat. It's very tidy. Um, very tidy on your jersey too. Yeah, exactly right. And we were able to keep it like it's just maroon and white, which is nice and simple. Um, 
that one I kind of approached with the idea that you know I just wanted a mark that represent like that just people could get behind and um, like even though those historical um, Maroons logos were great and they they served their purpose at the time, this is something that can be applied in many different ways for future generations to come. I mean, you can see it on like our caps and that kind of stuff, how you can just take the kangaroo and the queue out by itself. You can use it in the shield. Uh, we do have a version with it with text underneath as well. Um, but I kind of approach it like I want something that is like, like the one of the best logos out there is the New York Yankees. Like it is a incredible iconic. logo that is iconic around the world. People know what that logo is and that's I wanted to create something simple that kind of it, it's never going to get to the stature of what the New York Yankees is. Let's be real, um, but something that you know people could wear with pride and they instantly knew that that was the Queensland Maroons without kind of any subtext around that, which is what our other logos suffered from is like too much kind of explaining. It was always Queensland team, Queensland state of origin team, Queensland mm-hmm. Maroons state of origin team. Like there were always something. So circling then back around to what you were saying around the the pathways and separating the QRL logo from your under-19s team, from your your pathway teams. Exactly right. So we wanted to have those two highest logos as separate identities. Um, And I think the only change we made to the women's one was... um, like we wanted them, we initially pitched it as having them as just the same logo as the men's. There's no reason for them to be any different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the NRL came back and said, we'd love to have the W Chevron on there. So we managed to integrate that as well. And that was actually their suggestion to put it as part of the frame that we had around uh, the Q, uh, the shield rather. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had the uh, difficulty where that logo has a sponsor sitting on top of it as well. So they're the Harvey Norman Queensland Maroons. Uh, so we had to find a way to integrate that as well. And it was just easier to have it, have it in the shield and do it that way and have a s- slightly different looking logo for that purpose. Was there any conversation at QRL around naming the women's team differently? Well, I believe the New South Wales have the Sky, Sky Blues. Blues. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm indifferent about it. I don't know yeah. how I feel. I ha- don't have a decision, but I'm curious whether that conversation happened at your end. The conversation definitely happened. Um, we were we spoke about it for a little while. We kind of explored a, a bunch of different options. Any that you can share? Oh, I'm trying to think. Question without notice. Yeah, <laughs> I think at one stage we had like the QRL Ru- uh, the Queensland Rubies or something okay. like that, which we actually ended up using anyway. Yep. Like we wanted to still be in that kind of color, mm-hmm. but it was. Um, yeah, there was there was a couple thrown up, but we pitched that to our um, our women's team at the time. We pitched it to former women's players, um, and you know they were they're like we're the Maroons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we we have always been identified as the Maroons. We identify ourselves as the Maroons. Yep. We're, we're like okay, well. Let's just call you the Maroons then. Like if it makes sense, you know. Yeah. The Broncos don't call themselves the women's Broncos. Like we wanted to give them what they wanted and what they deserve. Um, you know, they play the same game. And to wait and see what the Cowboys women's team Yeah, that's going to be an interesting yeah. one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's different because that logo is gender-based gender, as, yeah. Yeah. as well. So Although that, the, the Sydney Roosters team, female team still called the Roosters. Yeah, true, so. true. Um so, yeah, but, yeah, that's yep. how, how that one was born as well. What, um, I, what I love is, um, and no doubt this is what you're aiming for, but you, you look at the Maroons logo on the jersey, it's a unified 
brand that you've created, whereas you compare it to the Blues jersey, which is obviously littered with logos, and they've got both the Blues and the New South Wales Rugby League yeah. logo on there, whereas because of what you've done, you, you don't need that. Yeah, you don't need the historical branding. mark on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk jerseys for a minute. Something that I've noticed, and I don't know whether this is part of the, the rebrand that you've gone, yep. you guys have dropped yellow completely from your jerseys. Yes. I think you've gone, you know, slightly a little bit of white where you need to, yep. but it's all maroon. Yep. Is that a specific decision that was made? Yes. Um, I think our last jersey that had that goldy bronze colour on it was... 2018, I believe. I think it was with Canterbury. That was actually our first year. Oh, sorry. Oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, I remember you had, I don't know whose decision it was, but you had like piping or banding on the shorts, yellow banding on the oh, shorts. I can't even remember that. And I remember looking at that and going, oh, what, what's going on here? <laughs> I think we've gone a bit too far, guys. But yeah, sorry. It was a tough colour to work with. Like we found it like, and it was part of that original logo as as well. That that gold kind of featured in that in those chevrons. Mm-hmm. It was gradient, and it was just the worst logo to work with. You'd throw it in certain things, and you'd enlarge it. And you know what it's like working with those kind of embedded gradient logos. The like, like you just lose the gradient. Yep. Um. So yeah, we kind of made this decision to like first and foremost, we looked back at what the jersey history was. And there had never been a gold integration in any of the like um, in any of the jerseys up until like I think it was the mid two thousands when gold started creeping in there. Um, so we decided that we were just going to drop it, um, and resulted in a cleaner looking jersey. We did the two tone uh, four stripe jersey with ISC the following year, and that mm. was just a two tone maroon. Stripes, our four stripes through the middle, and then uh, I think we had white collar or something. No, mm. was a you did you had a, it was a it was like a old school open. Yes, yeah, so that was tab. the year after yeah. we did the gotcha. yep. twenty twenty um, nineteen eighty replica jersey. Yeah, that was Bennett. That was when Bennett was. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So in terms of like marketing and everything like that, it kind of just it just naturally made its way out. We kind of just phased it out and it actually ended up working in our favour because when we did that 2020 jersey, there was no gold in the logo and we wanted to create a jersey that resembled what Artie wore in 1980 as well. Um, And I I just love 2020 as a year in terms of marketing and everything like that that we did around that season because we played so much on the 40 years of origin. Like we had this forged by history tagline that we used across everything, all our social content, all of our basically all the content that we created for that year was all centred around the history and that 40 years. Like we had a top 40 countdown of the best moments of origin and all that kind of stuff. Like it was just on point that year. And that jersey um, was just probably one of, like it's still one of my favourite jerseys that we've done internally. Mm. Um, Which jersey resonates most with you throughout the Maroons history? Oh, probably the one with the... I think it's 0405, the one with the stripes on the sleeve. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, the gold piping, I think it had as well. 25-year origin, I think that year, was it? Oh, yeah, 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 around that time. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I think because that was the first jersey I actually owned. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so. Something special. I always liked the vertical stripes, though, as well. Like the, so, yeah. I love what's happened with the rebrand. I yep. love 
the level of intimidation that that the current Maroons jersey has, the all Maroon with just that fine detailing of white, I think it is so intimidating. I'm, I'm sure the New South Wales players on the field don't really give a shit, but yeah. I think it looks clean. They do, they yeah. do mate. Oh, they do. <laughs> Clearing <laughs> the result, right? <laughs> there is just uh, something special about that jersey. Like, it's just this... It's this primal thing that is just weaved into the fabric of those jerseys. It's like, like an All Blacks jersey vibe, right? It really right? is. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great... Yeah. Um, yeah. It's something that I've tried to do with a few Queensland teams that I've worked with throughout my time is just, you know, let's just go play in Maroon. But you lose you lose some of the detailing that you can get when you're at that Queensland Maroons level. Like you've got the gripper, which adds texture to it. You've yep. got those really formal logos, whereas just giving someone a Maroon sublimated shirt yep. doesn't necessarily have that same level of oomph yeah. to it. And it was made better by the simplification that the NRL did of the State of Origin Shield as well. Like yes. I think, you know, bringing back that down to two or three colours and then having our logo as two colour and just this plain maroon jersey was just which i did want to ask you on there is a bit of blue on the maroons jersey there is how do you guys feel about that i personally not a fan yes um, I, like so we, we're talking about we're actually talking about the origin logo yes, right that sits yes. on the opposite um chest yep yeah personally i'm not a fan i wish it could all be maroon um we do have a little bit more blue on the player jersey we actually have the queensland flag on the sleeve as well yeah um, it's not sky blue though. It's not sky blue. Um, it's yeah, dirty sky blue. Yeah. Um, but it is, um, yeah, not my favourite. So the NRL pushed that. The NRL want yeah, the Maroons that, yeah. wearing a coloured yes. origin logo and they want the Blues wearing a coloured origin yep. logo. Yeah. Yep. Because I imagine both parties don't want it at all, right? Like I'd say not. I'd say New South Wales probably feel the same way. Yep. But yeah. Do you converse much with them? Your counterparts? I don't. Um, <laughs> not through. Um, I'm, I'm actually unsure if they even have an internal design team. I'm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if they do. Do they even speak English down there? <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, like other people in our business do. Like, our, and we have a lot of like our, our marketing team, and um, that like they talk they have to to coordinate efforts on games and like our membership team and things like that um, just to make sure that, you know, and they help us out, um, you know, when we're down there um, doing games and, you know, we need people to man the marketing stand, I mean, the membership stand and um, same up here. Like it's, you know, a little bit of give and take. There is that rivalry there naturally. Um, But yeah, unfortunately I don't have that much to do with them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to probably slowly wind down now, sure. unless there was anything else specifically that you had that we've missed on any of the rebrand or the jerseys. Um, oh, I don't think so. The only thing would be, yeah, I encourage people to go out there and have a look at the um, the rebrand yep. and actually kind of, you know, have a look at what we did with the um, rep teams as well and how we've, like, we simplified those right down and just took the queue and put an icon inside the queue to represent those rep teams and, and those kind of things. It was like, yeah, the, designing those icons was a tedious process as well. But So what teams were they, sorry? So we had the uh, Queensland Rubies and Sapphires, which there's an interesting story behind that logo, which I'll tell you very quickly. It was originally meant as an under-18s competition. Um, it turned under-19s after I'd done the rebrand. 
there's two stones in the rubies and sapphires logos. The faces of those stones actually equal 18. So there's a little bit of fun kind of trivia for you. Brilliant. The two stones equal. What do you mean by that? So, so? The, there's like flat. So it's it's basically done so that the looks like a stone has been cut to fit inside that shield kind of thing. So it's like a, yep. a ruby or a sapphire. Yeah. And the faces that I've kind of divided that shape oh, into. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. The, the number of sides. Those individual shapes. Yes. Represent is 18, 18. in total. So that's a fun one. Yeah, one of those things that gets missed. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter anymore because it's an under-19s comp, but yeah. it was fun at the time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, so where does your inspiration come from? Um, all over. Because I'm a traditional graphic designer from the beginning, I guess, like I can look at a billboard not necessarily related to sport and be like, oh, that's actually executed really well. Like the way they've got their typesetting and their – Image placement and all that kind of stuff is that's pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of it comes from American sport. Um, you know, there's some big guys over there that are doing some awesome stuff. Um, we're doing just as much awesome stuff over here uh, through through our creatives that we've got. Um, so it's all. Oh, if I'm ever stuck, I'll jump on Pinterest, Instagram, the hands. Yeah, yep, just scroll through the pages, get lost for a couple of hours, and then. Think, oh, okay, yeah, I've I've got a fairly solid idea of what I want to do based on that, and like I said, it's not always sports stuff. It is a whole mix of things. I'll just keep scrolling until, you know, I see something that sits the right way that I like. Being a ice hockey fan, you you love the Kraken stuff as much as we do on this podcast. I do or? like the Kraken stuff. I've yeah. actually got a Kraken's hat at home. Have you? Yeah, I'm a Maple Leafs fan, but I've got a Kraken's hat. Brilliant. Yeah, I love the Kraken. I love this. Your comments about the Mighty Ducks logo—that is just, that is just a pearler of a logo. Yeah. Like it is just—I I don't know if it's because I grew up watching the Mighty Ducks and I, I just that love that. It's us differently growing up in the nineties, doesn't it? Yeah. Did you see the jersey they released last year? That was the heritage jersey with the duck flying out of the ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great kit. It is. <laughs> it looks terrible, but it is. There's something something great about it. I don't think I've seen it. So oh, bad. It's great. Yeah. But yeah. I imagine it falls under that category. Yeah. Um, but I actually got the opportunity to go in early 2020 before all the COVID stuff hit. I got the opportunity to go over to the US. Um, we went over for a conference over there. Um, and um, But after that, I went around and kind of met with a whole bunch of sports creatives over in the US, which was you? awesome. So um, met with like guys at the Texas Longhorns at the time, uh, Chicago Bulls, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins. Did you tee them up or did you work tee them no, up? No, I teed them up. Wow. Just reaching out to guys on Instagram. And, like, I, I think that's, like, something that, you know, if you're interested in this realm, like, just touch base with Reach people. Out, yeah. Like, uh, I'm sure all of us are willing to chat to people if they just ask questions. Like, I didn't have that growing up. Like, I would have loved it, like, if I could just reach out. But, yeah, these guys were very welcoming and, you know, yeah, even, like, I caught up with the New York Jets and had lunch with them and caught awesome. up with MLB and they showed me through their new office in New York and all that kind of stuff as well. Like these these people are like they even though they do some awesome stuff like they're just like you and they're me. Just they're us. Just, yeah, yes, they just want they just want to have a chat and they just want to talk through it like yeah. well, That's how we um connected, right? Basically just reaching out cold over the internet. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I saw you uh, I was on the forums. I think it might have even been during lockdown. I and, think so, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, we were talking on the forums and... And you just happen to live five minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. 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 Never would have picked it. It's a great community. Like, 
Do you yeah, head on the forums? Are you on the forums much? I'm not. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. A, it's a little bit like Twitter. Sometimes yeah. it's not the best place to be and sometimes it, you I, can... I suck at the internet. I suck at all forms of social media. Like, <laughs> that's, just... why, that's why Nick does all our socials because yeah. I can't keep up with I'm it I'm terrible either. with it. I just, I'll post something every now and then and I'll do something really cool. Like I'll be at a photo shoot or something like that and I'll record a bit and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll post this later. You know, just to give people an insight into what I do and then I just forget. I just I don't always have my mobile in my hand. I just it is a skill set. Yeah, I mean you you put I mean it's family related, but you put a lot of stories and stuff up on your socials and stuff. But I just don't. I'm the same as you. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm not. <laughs> don't have my camera around in yeah, front of me. I half just the time. forget about it. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it doesn't come natural to me. Yeah, for whatever reason. What I will say is the the rugby league design community at the moment is um, on Instagram and, and socials is is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I compare. I'm an AFL fan as well. Yep. I compare it to to that, and there's certainly not that le- level of engagement and, and designs and um, some of the pages. I just sit there and scroll through it, uh, this, you know, beautiful art and whether it's jersey designs or, or just sketches and um, yeah, love it. Something to be proud of for the rugby league design community. Yeah, for sure. Yep, th- those on the forums, like there is some good work out there. People are willing to take feedback. I'm as a well. forum stalker. You're a forum stalker. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Like those, uh, I think it's there's a uh, League Unlimited jersey forum. Yeah, League Unlimited. I've been stalking that one for a long time. Yeah. I'll keep an update. I'll keep updated on that. I'll check it at the end of the year to see the new jerseys coming out. And yeah, I'm, I'm a big stalker. That was yeah. a hard one to read through this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any uh, people that you think that we should? follow or anyone that you recommend other than yourself of course yeah i've got a couple um i actually made some notes let me bring them up yeah um the um i wanted to give a shout out to my counterparts at the titans and cowboys um that's uh marie and tara um so they both great yeah so are you familiar with them kit yeah i am yeah 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 we've actually the cowboys design team has actually had a a hand in the jerseys for next year, which we touched on in terms of you designing Queensland jerseys. Yep. So uh, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, um, give Marie a follow. She's at Marie Creative. I can send you the, the link to her account. Um, and It's By Tara, at It's By Tara on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yet to meet with Tara. We've been talking since the beginning of the year. We want to meet up and actually talk to each other and see how we can help each other because obviously we have uh, Burley Bears and Tweed in the competition which feed into the Gold Coast Titans as well. So if there's any way that we can kind of help each other either for that or during origin period, then, you know, I want to con- kind of connect with those pe- kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be Simeon T Designs, Simeon, over at the Bronx. Um, he's a young kid that kind of came in and did some work experience with us at one stage and he's doing some cool stuff over at the Bronx. Um, and then a couple of photographers as well. So... Um, uh, Scott Schotts, he does a lot of our photography for us. He's a great bloke, old Scotty. Um, so I think he's at Scott's Scott Schotts at Scottsagram. I can send you the link. We'll anyway. put him on the description. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kurt Thompson, another great photographer we worked with just this series. He does a lot for the Bronx and some other NRL clubs and a lot of other sports stuff as well. He does some cool stuff. Um, and um, Eric Lucero, I think his name is, he did some of the content uh, recently for our um, Instagram page as well and you know a lot of the content we pushed out on instagram this year was some of the best we ever did so um you know shout out to those guys for you know putting their hand up and doing some cool stuff for us Mm -hmm. and 
Lastly, any other personal likes or dislikes of jerseys going around at the moment, <laughs> other than the Red V, of course, Cameron? Yeah, Red V is always a, a, a favourite. Um, I've got to say, favourite jersey of the year thus far is actually the Cronulla Sharks Heritage jersey. Yes. Applaud that one. <laughs> the Oh, there it is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you got to run. Yeah. Um, and probably the Manly Seagulls jersey this year as well, the home and away kits. The way that those sponsors were integrated is yeah. a thing of beauty. Tonal oh, it is just something special. I wish more clubs would do it. Um, huge, huge effort by the club there because, yeah. um, you know, these sponsors pay all this money. It's not always easy to get them to tinker with their brand. Definitely not. Yeah. Imagine asking Forex to, to go the, the tonal logos. It'd on never happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually think Forex is one that probably enhances the jersey. Yeah. Um, well, ours actually sits quite well at the moment because we've got Shell V-Power on the back, which is red and white. We've got Forex on the front, which is red and white. So if there is any other colour on there other than maroon, it's red and white, which doesn't actually bother me too much. It, you used to have Suncorp on there and they yeah, managed to go exactly right. um, gold and white. Yeah, so... It's um yeah, it's actually sitting pretty well at the moment. But yeah, the that tonal look on the Manly jersey is a thing of beauty. You're not here to announce that NIB signed as a <laughs> jersey sponsor for the next five. Definitely years. not. No. <laughs> um, and in terms of dislikes, that Parramatta oh, yes. Anzac jersey is the worst thing I have yeah. ever seen. We shouldn't even need to host the awards. Oh, I don't think for, for that's going to win the worst. For, for such an event like that is like. Like I, as a Dragons fan, I've been down to the Dragons Roosters game over the past couple of years, and you know it's just such a occasion and an event, and it's just like so good. And yep. then Parramatta do that. Um, did you catch the uh, the infographic explaining where they got the inspiration? I did from? not. No. Yeah, jump jump on Twitter and check that out if you can. It was uh, it was interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was interesting trying to explain why what they did was was good and 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 styly and classy. So yeah. Not a fan. No, 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 we do there. <laughs> All right, we'll um, we'll pretty much wrap it up here. So thank you everybody for listening. Thank you so much, Carl, no for for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, if you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to like and share it on the socials. Obviously, we've spoken about it a few times. Um, the more exposure that we get, the more opportunities that we can get to convincing more guests to come on the show. Um. You can send us an email at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message, comment or tag us via our Instagram at fieldofdesignpodcast and uh, leave a review. How many stars, Kit? 15 today, 15 out of 5. <laughs> 15 stars? Yeah. And uh, I might leave you, Carl, with the last words as to where we might be looking for the future. Is it the women's? Are we going to see more, um, you know, hype up of some of the underage groups? Are they going to get more exposure? What does what does the future look like for I hope so. QRL? I hope so. The future's bright. There's yeah, as long as you know, people keep playing rugby league. Um, you know, kids keep signing up. That's that's all we want. We want the game to grow. We, it's a game for everyone, and we want that everyone to participate. So, excellent. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. So can I just end it with a joke, Mason, and you choose whether you cut it out or not? We've got this bright yellow button here that hasn't been pushed yet. What's the difference between the New South Wales Blues and a mosquito? The mozzie will end up sucking, stop sucking eventually. <laughs> Fucked up the punchline. <laughs> you know, yeah, the give magic me a is I could get it. <laughs> <laughs>
Perfect. Very well done. Very well done. Good job, guys.